Episode four. Amy Winehouse, a legend. Legend. When she was here, whatever she's done, which we will talk about, is enough to make her a legend. Yeah, and I yeah. think she has a very uh, big legacy as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially the album that we will focus on in this episode, which is her second album, Back to Black, mm-hmm. which I think everyone will agree that it's her best album out of yeah. the two. She has two albums. The first album, Frank. Yeah. Technically, uh, she has a third album that was released after her death. Yes. Um, but I never know if we should consider these albums as real albums or not. Yes. Um, I'm always very conflicted with um, releasing music after someone's passing. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't. Like, I'm, I'm looking at, at Wikipedia and they, under discography, the two main albums are mm. Frank, which was 2003. Yep. And Back to Black, which is 2006. Yes. And 2006 was a big year for music as well. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, and I think that's where she perfected even a pop image in the sense that like, it's not like she manufactured it. It was very much her, but she, I guess maybe she started to understand of, of, her being an image and having that big beehive and the makeup that she had on and maybe the throwback clothes, whereas on Frank, mm-hmm. you didn't really see any yeah. of that just yet. So she had perfected this image of of being maybe... Amy Winehouse. Amy Winehouse. And it yeah. felt effortless. Right before her releasing Rehab, which was released in October of 2006, mm-hmm. there was tabloids about her weight loss and like the way she was looking. And, and then she release rehab and it kind of answered why she was looking the way she was because i think maybe this whole album sort of confirmed that okay yeah maybe she does have a substance abuse problem but and and perhaps that's why this album is so um iconic in a way because it it really talks about her it talks about the abuse and also it was this thing where there's this very good music that goes out but also that is in a way promoted by the tabloids that are yeah. really cruel about yeah. looking at her and her problems yeah. and her abuse and us being very noisy and like very curious about everything that well, happened in her life. And then as you said, you know, is she is she using drugs, whatever it is, and then she releases rehab. Yeah. It never seemed to me like they had to push it on billboards because no. we were talking about it yeah. anyways. You mm-hmm. could bring this to like an alternative group of people a rock group of people soul group of people Mm -hmm. pop people and they all will like it because you can't fault a song like rehab no um which is the lead single off of back to black mark ronson produced it and for those who don't know mark ronson he more more recently he's worked with lady gaga yeah and bruno mars and bruno mars and he has just recently as we're speaking he's gonna release an album i don't think think amy winehouse and his collaboration for back most iconic was probably well his first sort of big yes sort of thing into like the the world of music and i guess like record labels now are trying to like make him famous producers in terms of like having albums out yes just like, like kind of like, had, yeah right? like calvin so, harris yeah so like if uh, i don't know where our audience is living yeah. but if you uh drive in toronto right now all the billboards they're pushing and pushing and pushing nothing breaks like a heart yeah which to me that means that it probably doesn't sell too much yeah. uh, or it's probably not as streamed as they wished it was um but in- it's interesting to see how he worked on this iconic album that yeah. also is regarded as like an indie album and now <laughs> has become this thing where he's they're trying to push him to become the next big producer almost like they did with timbaland in the past yeah 
I, I think so it's um, to see, right? I think especially with Rehab, it's it's he makes very radio friendly songs. Rehab yes. is so radio friendly, yes. and it's like it's a hook on top of a yes. hook. That's why everyone can love it. Like every yeah. person, no matter what what music you like. I like the album. My dad liked the album. Yeah. You you speak about Amy Winehouse in my in my household. Yeah. And uh, my my dad talks about when she was on S- SNL with yeah. her black dress with white polka dots. Yeah. And and he just can't believe that she passed away so young with such a talent, right? Yeah. So she really reached out with this album particularly. Yeah. She reached out to as you said a, a large audience, but way beyond what were used to because it's almost like timeless music there's always a narrative on mm-hmm. on female records of being strong and and yep. or or maybe going through something back to black the narrative that's on this record is is she doesn't really want you to like her like she's coming across as an alcoholic a drug user someone that is not emotionally available mm-hmm. that's maybe hung up on someone like it's not like there's no song on it that's like Wow, this person's this yeah. amazing person. Yeah. There's a lot of like heart and there's a lot of heartbreak on the album. I think if you're not familiar with Amy Winehouse, beyond the artist, like the person I mean, yeah. um, there's this very good documentary on Netflix. And the reason why I talk about it today is is because it relates closely to the album we're talking about. Yeah. I don't remember what the name of the documentary is. Anyways. It's called type, Amy. Okay, well, yeah. type in Amy. And it has been very well received by critics yeah. as well. And I think by the general yeah. public. It's a quite long documentary. I think yes. it's three hours it's or something. Very long. But growing up and liking this music and of course knowing about her battles, but not that intimately. Yeah. Seeing that documentary was all, was very tragic for me. Yeah, because it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking because it's almost like she paid the price for us to enjoy that album. Yes. Do you know what I mean? This It's so tragic. It's a catch-22. She paid the ultimate price yeah. with her life yeah. for the album that we all enjoyed, that yeah. is going to be iconic, yeah. that is probably going to be timeless. Yeah. It's interesting that like when she was alive, the press vilified her and like Mm -hmm. now that she's gone it's like well she was a great talent my personal story with back to black is in 20 in 2006 i i wasn't like following her back then Mm -hmm. like i I obviously heard on the radio it wasn't my favorite at that time Uh but it's in the last maybe five years that i have picked up this i actually got it on sale the vinyl on sale Mm -hmm. and i end up listening it through the vinyl i'm Mm -hmm. like oh my god this album is is quite great See for me it's quite the contrary. <clears throat> I as soon as this album came out, yeah. I loved it. Yeah. From from the very first song to the very last song, it was playing at my at my house, it was playing in my parents' car, it was playing in my room, it was playing. Yeah. I don't I think I was quite young to like this album because it was a more mature album. Very much so. And I think that's why the documentary was so tragic to me yeah. because everything you hear on this album is true. Mm. When she says I don't want to go to rehab as long as my dad thinks I'm fine, it's true. Her dad told her, "You're fine, baby." Think about it. And then it's on the record. She is the essence of realness, if you will, because she really sang and wrote about her own experiences. And and also in that documentary, they talk about the whole recording process. You know, she'd come in completely stoned or she'd come in drunk or she'd go and vomit between takes and come back. And it's again, it's this tragedy of us enjoying music while she paid the ultimate price for it. I, I couldn't sleep for months after... Because I was so into that album. See, it's I, it's an it's an interesting it's thing so because tragic. we wouldn't have the we wouldn't have this album if she wasn't a drug user. Exactly. And 
I'm assuming no one wants her to be a drug user, but then again, it's like you either get this album, this masterpiece, it's one or, or the you... other. Exactly. Um, I think we're going to take a quick break now. We'll get back. Hey, listeners, I hope you enjoy this episode so far. My name is Matt, and I work at Mouton, where we help new podcasters get their shows up and running so they never have to worry about anything but their passion. Mouton can assist you with the creative process, production, montage, artwork design, sound design, distribution, partnerships, and more. Our team is young, dynamic, and guess what? We're affordable. Head to www.gomouton.com to get in touch with us today. That's G-O-M-O-U-T-O-N dot com. I can't wait to witness your podcast journey. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Hi, friends. Before getting back to our episode, we have a little favor to ask. Because we want to make this show as successful as we can and build a community around pop music, it would really, really help us if you could subscribe to this show wherever you listen to it and give us a positive review. We would also like to take a minute to thank you for making it this far into the episode. We hope you enjoy this podcast as much as we enjoy recording it. Now let's get back to the episode. During the break, you were saying something very interesting. Yeah, like I, we are picking albums of why they are great albums, mm-hmm. why they may be groundbreaking, mm-hmm. or or why they're they stand out in our head, I guess. And Back to Black is one of these albums that is groundbreaking because it was a blueprint for like this neo soul type of music that is coming out now. Mm-hmm. It paved the way for people like Adele, Birdie. It's groundbreaking because I don't think we would have record companies taking chances on singer songwriters. I think it had a, a bigger impact in the UK rather than in America. If you look at the exports that the UK brings to the United States after Amy Winehouse... There's quite a divide, right, between if you take out, of course, One Direction and Little Mix and whatever, right? But there's quite a divide between almost like some UK artists are regarded as like quality and some American artists are perhaps regarded as more like consumable products. I think another thing that's really interesting as well is the global reach that she had with this album, despite the fact that at some point she couldn't travel to the United States because she had a criminal record. I think it's on the Grammys night that she she won album of the year or something. Pop. It was pop, best pop uh, album. So, and her performance was live from London because she just couldn't be at the actual Grammys. She couldn't travel to the United States. Didn't Tony Bennett present her the award? I think so. Yeah, because I remember her being super excited and her dad not being there. She's saying, look, dad, I've gotten this word and look who's presented it yeah. to me. Like We wanted to talk about our favorite tracks on the album. Yeah. But let's go with like the ultimate track that you like on the album. The What's ultimate your track is the title track for the album, Back to Black. I think it is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Like it is a song that... Um, it's such a good song. It's such a good song. It um, the video is brilliant. The as video is well. brilliant, and it has like this like the very vintage girl group from the sixties vibe to it. To me, I think the highlight within that song is the lyrics in the second verses, where she basically says that life is like a pipe, mm-hmm. and I'm a tiny penny ro- uh, rolling up inside or boiling up inside, and it it, it obviously plays into their drug use. Mm-hmm. It's almost 
it's beautiful in mm-hmm. a sense. You know what I mean? Like I just I've always loved that part of the song mm-hmm. because it's very intimate in in an aspect. Mm. I really like Tears Dry on Their Own. I think it's a I don't know. I, I like Rehab as well. I think it's a brilliant title track, but um Tears Dry on Their Own, I don't know. There there was this vibe to it. There is it's almost like more cheerful, but also the Again, the lyrics are really sad, and and I just like the drums on there, the way they play it, and well, the, ah, the so on good. the album. And that's a great thing about Mark Ronson's production: the drums, it, it, the they're the, all real instruments yeah. to start with, <laughs> and they're so he- they're they're very lush. Yeah, um, they're reminiscent like, of the even fifties, sixties. Yeah, yeah, and even on on rehab, the bass line. Yes, the bass is, line is always good. Is yeah. in te- it's yep. so it's such a great bass and line. it's real bass. Yeah, when you hear a real bass, yeah. like it's it's so groovy. And- um, another highlight and like th- this song is good. I think it's the second single uh-huh. after Rehab. Is you know I'm no good, which again uh, I think so, is yeah. playing into the whole like. Or wasn't it Back to Black? No, Back to Black was the third. Third. Okay. Yeah. All of these songs are so good. The, the great thing about you know I'm no good is again it builds into this narrative yep. of of you know Herb not being the best person in the world, but. The lyric, there's a lyric in it that, like, basically is calling out her boyfriend for being bad at, like, cunnilingus and, like, being bad in bed. Like, saying, like, upstairs in bed with an ex-boy, he's in place, but I can't get any joy. Like, you don't hear lyrics like that coming from female artists, especially as popular as as she was. You get into, like, I think stuff that everyone can sort of relate to as well. You know what? The more we talk about this, the more I realize I don't think Lana Del Rey's first album mm. would have existed if it wasn't for that album. They're not the same, obviously. Of but course. Amy Winehouse was not doing current music. She was mm. not doing pop music of 2006. No. And neither did Lana Del Rey in 2011. Yeah. It's almost like they're just aside from the music industry and they just did their own thing. And obviously, True. Yeah. and obviously, if Amy Winehouse would have continued doing music, yeah. I think she would have ended up being a bit like Lana Del Rey now. When That's... he died right after the biggest album of yeah. the year, and probably the, I would say the decade, yeah. of course you're going to have this status. I think Amy Winehouse paved the way for artists that want to do music, that are successful at terms. doing music, but on their own terms and in a separate lane, yet still be popular but amy like one of the final songs and the final single which is probably one of the saddest songs on the album is Mm -hmm. love is a losing game and i think if you catch me on a bad day or on a day that maybe emotions are a little bit like more on my my chest or my my sleeve or whatever that song comes on like i will have a cry Mm -hmm. and you could tell again she was dealing with relationship issues and and whatnot but as you know amy uh, died in 2011, uh, maybe about five years after this mm-hmm. album was released. She was working on music from yep. what we've, from what I've read. Um, she also joins Amy joins a, I guess a, a, a club for dying at the age of 27. Yep. And people like Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, all died at the age of 27 mm-hmm. people that are gone too soon that probably had a lot more potential mm-hmm. it could have been just it could it could have been bigger we again we, we will never know but it's 27 such a young age mm-hmm. to go at, the, and, you and, and the thing is it's it's the marilyn monroe effect you remain young forever and that's a tragic reality right yeah. if you look at elvis or michael jackson who 
passed away way after their yeah, their prime. their prime. You know, we talk about Elvis. We, I mean, we remember. Of course, we were in there, but we've seen photos of Elvis, young Elvis in movies Gorgeous. and whatever. And we've seen also photos of Elvis in Vegas, much older, overweight. You know, not. Not popular like him. he was yeah. he was before when you think about Michael Jackson unfortunately you think about all the scandals that happened and his legacy his Surgery. music legacy has also been impacted with it so there's there's also something very tragic of course we don't want anyone to die at that age but there's there's the tragic truth where if you die at that age at the at in your prime time after an album like that perhaps your legacy is going to be forever there do you know what you know what i mean there's something tragic about dying so young yeah. like marilyn monroe doesn't age yeah because because she died too early and yeah they'll right. always be at yeah. their prime exactly and it's just the sad but tragic reality yeah but you know yeah. i think in 20 years this album will still stand yes yeah on its own well exactly yeah. yes it's yeah. timeless so if you've never heard that album we highly recommend it um for maybe the younger audience perhaps you never heard that album and that's fine go on and start by watching the rehab video i guess that's the best introduction you can uh have yeah. for this album and uh we are confident that you're gonna get hooked yeah <laughs> or and and when you have time and it's a rainy day and you want to be sad watch the amy documentary yes on netflix and absolutely yeah. next week sometimes we talk about what we do next sometimes we don't next we're going to talk about next week uh gwen stefani i think unless it changes <laughs> yes, Stefani. Yes, yes, yes. And um, on that note, yeah, we'll see you soon. Yes, thanks. <laughs> All right, bye. bye. Thanks for listening to our show. If you like this episode, make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you want to support the show, please give us a positive review on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you listen to the podcast. Do you love pop music as much as we do and want to stay up to date? Like our Facebook page. You can also visit our website at www.popheads.ca, where we post articles and content about music. Finally, if you like the way we sound and want to know what we look like, follow us on Instagram. I'm at Andrea Lee. And I'm at Will Hilson underscore official. Thanks for supporting the show. We'll see you soon.